You're listening to the Pure Fury Creations Podcast Network, powered by Anchor.fm. Welcome to a show that's as real as it gets. Real topics, real conversation, and probably some real controversy. I'm Jason Klaus. Join me and Amy Sheridan as we bring you the real podcast on the PFC Podcast Network powered by Anchor.fm. Welcome to The Real Podcast here on the PFC Podcast Network, powered by Anchor.fm, along with Amy Sheridan. I am Jason Klaus and Amy. (laughs) I know. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be straight up with you. Because, I mean, this is what we do here on The Real Podcast. We keep it real. Yep. Not really sure how the tone of this show is going to go this week. You know uh, what I mean? Yeah. I'm not uh, sure. If you're, look, if you're looking for niceness, this is not it. Nope. <laughs> nope. Go, go check out Close to the Heart Podcast, which drops right. here on Tuesdays here on the PFC. <laughs> right. Right. Oh. Uh, we have, we do have a topic. We have a list. We're going to break this list down. This list could, could, uh, could spawn some feelings, could spawn Pretty some sure. opinions. <laughs> Pretty sure. Now, before we get there, we have to talk about what we spent the last month plus doing here on the show. Last week, we wrapped up a five-part series. Jesus, I was like so like okay. So when we when we wrapped that up, it was like such a weight was like lifted and gone, you know. Like it it's so bizarre. Like that is just a part of my life that I don't. Again, if if you didn't experience it with me, or like if you weren't really like my friend around that time or or whatnot, like you would you you don't know nothing because it's not you know I don't know it's not something that I would sit there and explain to people. So and it's certainly not after like it was it was traumatizing. It, it took me it took me a while it took me a while to to get over it and. I mean, not even really like get over it because I, w- I was very happy with like my performance. I was just so upset with, you know, the the people you think are your friends. They're not really your friends. And it's like, it it's so fucked up, you know, but again, I wouldn't trade it for the world, but that was, it, it, it took me a while. It took me a while to get there. Of course, you had to go open up a can of worms. I did. <laughs> By by your podcasting, well, your voodoo on the phones. Listen, <laughs> no one said we had a set schedule on 
what we were going to talk about on what day, as this week is very evident about that. But yeah. I'm glad that we did get it out there. I'm I glad. I mean, I, I am for, like, us, the listener, because, you know, that was entertaining shit. That was a good story. It um, was. Well, and I think that it really had an impact. Um, I, especially after that, after it was, like, all said and done, and, like, the ending was out there, like, there's a conclusion. I got so many messages, and, like, I mean, I'm sure you've seen some of the comments on it, yeah. you know, like, Oh hey, I'm 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 about to listen. Well, it just kind of like made its way around, and you know, I I had people messaging me like, "Oh my God, thank you for being the voice of that shit." Because like nobody talks about that stuff. Like even in Derby, like nobody talks about like what happens behind the scenes because usually it almost scars you so bad that you're just like, I don't even want to talk about it because I'm just going to get like re pissed off. And that that's kind of like what happened towards the end there. Like when I start talking about that stuff, it's like, you know, especially shit about the founder. Like I get so heated and so upset. And actually it's not even about that. It's, it's about people doing wrong things, bad things to good people. And that shit pisses me off to no end. Like, I know, I know a lot of people like perceive me as like a bitch or like I'm, I'm very blunt or whatever. It's only because like, I really try to like say what's on my mind, you know? And like, I don't know, just communication is key. And, And sometimes I say it in the wrong way. And it ends up hurting feelings. And then I, you know, I'm, I'm not obviously too big to apologize. I've apologized numerous times for my, my wrongdoings because that's the right thing to do. And, you know, the, the fact that these people just continue on today to make it their business to ruin other people's lives. Like I'm so, like, I'm, I'm just, Oh, I'm just, it, it's disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting that they have nothing better to do than to try to do that. And here I am going off on a, <laughs> this is not part six. Okay. <laughs> no, we, uh, we're going to tackle something new th- this week. And, yeah, uh, it kind of goes hand in hand with that, you know, and, and they'll see. Well, like I knew that story was going to generate some interest. Yeah. You know, and, um, you know, by and large, it sounds like that the majority of the feedback uh, that you've received over this has been pretty positive. Would, Would you say that that's accurate? Oh, absolutely. I got zero negative I mean, besides like, and, and she wouldn't even be a negative. She, you know, she's just being tabby. I just love her. Again, I adore them. <laughs> but, you know, she, she is who she is. And she's, you know, she's not afraid to call people out on their, their shit either, even though she wasn't, she wasn't really calling me out. I, I guess I shouldn't, you know, say that because it's, it's, you know, it wasn't like her style. Um, but, you know, she, she's very factual based and she obviously can remember way more than what I can. Like, as far as, like, specifics and dates and, you know, stuff like that. Um, But, yeah, everything, 
everything was positive. Everything was very uplifting. Um, I, I just, I got some great feedback and it kind of, I, I kind of felt bad too, in a sense, because some of the feedback, it was like, oh my God, I remember that time. And like, we went through shit and, and I felt bad for kind of like drudging it up for others, you know, like, cause I'm okay talking about that shit, but, but also they might not be yet, you know? So to those people that, you know, had that shit kind of restarted for them be- because of my podcast, I apologize. But then again, you kind of knew what I was going to talk about anyways, considering it's it's a five-part roller derby session. I mean, it's in the goddamn title. I mean, It, it, it is. It is. <laughs> like, you kind of knew what was... If you know who I am and you know what kind of person I am, like, you knew it was coming, you know? Um, we weren't and, swapping pie recipes on these episodes. Is all I'm saying. right, right? Absolutely, absolutely not. Oh Lord! Well, listen, I you know I'll I'll say this, and then we'll we'll get to a brand new topic here this week. Um, I for you, I it, especially, I think it was good for you to talk about it on the air, and the ones who may not like talking about it who were a part of that whole scenario it's good for them to hear it it's good right. for them to know that someone else felt similar even if it's one of those taboo you know things that you don't talk about which is a real shame in a lot of aspects i mean not just in the roller derby arena but i'm talking like just in life in general like communication is such a powerful thing you know Regardless right. of what the what the topic is, you know, it can either make or break just about any kind of of, of situation. And uh, so I think it was good. I mean, I was I said it once. I've I've said it, you know, a bunch of times. You know, this is the shit that they make movies out of. And I really think I'm going to look into writing a script <laughs> based on that movie. We're going to get rich one way or the other. One way or the other. Well, I mean, kind of, I mean, I, I wouldn't say it's an untapped market because, you know, again, you have that movie Whip It and then right. you have Rollerball. Well, let's and, do something real. You know, that's all I'm yeah. saying. This is, you know, real life shit. So um, your husband, Tim, is not with us this week, but he did join me. Uh, on Monday, I know he was so excited about it too. He was. How did he do? I didn't. He get was to... fantastic. Was he? Absolutely. And and I told him. I told him off the air. I told him on the air. I'm like, brother, you have a spot in the <laughs> in the podcast family. When when whatever whenever you want to talk. Well, I don't care if it's on the time machine or on Amy show, whatever. You have it. You are part of of this thing now. And, uh, but yeah, he was fantastic. And I, I mean, it's that he's, God, he's just like the shit that he would talk about. Like I normally probably wouldn't be like, he is just so much smarter than me. Like when he, I, I know I'm, I'm, I'm being straight up. <laughs> I mean, normally I'm the one that wins arguments, but, um, like when it comes to like politics and, you know, like history and, you know, e- even wrestling, like he knows his shit. 
my mind is so like, it's not like it's fucked or anything, you know, but I, I don't know, maybe, maybe dementia, Alzheimer's. <laughs> I, I have no I idea. Hope not. I cannot, I cannot remember some of the shit that he does. And it's like, he is just, he's just so, so goddamn smart, you know? I'm just like, oh yeah, the the thing and the thing. I can't remember what it's called. And he's like, in this. And it's like, yeah, that. You know, <laughs> like, he's just, I don't know. He's phenomenal with this kind of stuff. Well, uh, he he joined us on the on the turnbuckle time machine. It is available in our archives right now. If you want to check that out, it was all about Vince McMahon, and uh, it was cool. It was cool to have him on there. Okay, so here we go. <laughs> Listen, I am fired the fuck up. Can Let's I tell you that? Do this shit. I mean, running on fucking adrenaline, caffeine, and rage at this point. So let's roll. Let's roll. These are the things, according to Universal Energy Power. I don't know what that is, but that's the source that I found this list. Okay, okay. Things to stop apologizing for. Things to stop apologizing for, Amy. God, that could go, you know, I'm going to tell you a quick sidebar story. Okay. I I haven't even started yet, but let's go. I know. (laughs) Quick sidebar before we even get started. So I have this aunt, and her name is Pam, and I will call her out. She fucking apologizes for everything. I have to use your bathroom. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so It's like. Don't apologize. Just use, use the bathroom. Okay. Can I have something to drink? I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. And it's like, if you fucking say, I'm sorry, one more goddamn day. And it's like this <laughs> running joke in our family because that's that's literally what she does. It doesn't matter what she asks you for. She just apologizes for it after. And it's like this thing where it's like every time she says anything, she follows it up with, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And I know my cousin Amanda, which is her daughter, is listening to this or will listen to this. <laughs> and and she will totally back up my claim because that is what she does so I, that's just this whole thing is fucking hilarious because my aunt apologizes for literally everything okay is, is it safe to say that aunt pam does not listen to the program oh no no she doesn't oh she will now <laughs> Somebody's going to play this for you. You know that, right? <laughs> and it, it's okay. Because she'll be like, yeah, yeah, I do. I do that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, and that's exactly how she sounds, too. It's it's so funny. And it's like, oh, my God. You don't apologize for it. I know. I'm sorry. Don't say it again. I won't. I'm sorry. It's like, shut your fucking mouth. I will. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> It's a never-ending apology. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're going to tackle these one at a time here. Okay. I'm not going to go through the whole list because I don't want to have a preconceived number. And if we, you know, if, if we're only through three of these things and we're closing in on 90 plus minutes, we're like, well, maybe we should re- revisit this 
part five. <laughs> Look, every every item on this list is just going to be its own part. All right, um, which we could do, but that gets <laughs> anyway. Um, things to stop apologizing for: asking questions. Do you feel bad when whenever you have to ask a question if you don't understand something? Do you, I mean, are you ever in a in a scenario where you are sorry for asking the questions? I mean, not generally, like usually whenever someone tells me like or asks me to to do something, if I don't know what I'm doing, I will usually ask like a shit ton of questions. The only time I really apologize for it and, and I kind of I do this um, more than a few times. I mean, it, it's kind of been a habit where I think I will have a grasp on it. So I'll walk away after like having that whole Q&A session, like at work per se. Right. And I, I will walk away and then I will immediately turn around and go back and be like, oh, I'm sorry. One more question. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm so sorry. You know, and that that's usually about the only time. But if it's just so that I can gain more knowledge from what is being asked of me, then no, I, I don't initially do that. It's only when I like fuck up and leave and then figure out, oh shit, I totally forgot to ask that or, you know. I get that. I think the only time um, I ever apologize for asking a question is if said question, and this is obviously more on a personal side of things versus a professional setting, because look, if on, on, on a professional side, if I don't understand something and the quality or the end result of the job or the task at hand is, is that question, like I have to ask and I, and I won't feel sorry about it. Right. I think the only time I've, <laughs> I've ever said, geez, um, apologizing for asking the question is if it spawned a full-blown fight or argument to the point where I'm like sorry I asked that ah see yeah like in my personal life I never apologize for asking a question like I just I just don't do it I, I think it's just like with authority because I almost feel like I'm like wasting their time if that makes sense or or i i feel like oh my god i know you're so busy and like you don't want to deal with my peon you know <laughs> like you know i i don't know it just it it just depends to like who and what the circumstances but you know normally i only apologize for asking questions at work and i i think it's just because i feel like you know, they're going to think I'm stupid or, you know, that, that I'm just not comprehending like what they're asking me to do. And then sometimes you'll get those looks where they'll just be like, you know, and normally when you, when you, you know, you're at a job or whatever, everyone says, oh, there's no stupid questions. And, and I firmly believe that there really aren't any stupid questions. Um, when it comes to that kind of stuff, because you're only asking the question so that you get a better understanding so that you can do your job better. In my personal life, there are stupid questions. There are a ton. I generally don't ask them because I cannot stand stupid people. Like, I mean, not just like 
stupid people like I don't really know, but just those really dumb questions that it's like, are are you for real right now? You know? <laughs> like is this uh... a are you are you fucking are you fucking with me? You know, like there's no way that you cannot be that dumb. You know, it it's it's those those questions. You know, like you're looking at the sky and say, is that is that purple? It's like, are you are you high? You know, <laughs> no, it's fucking blue and the clouds are white. You know, it's it's like those those dumbass questions. But at work, you shouldn't feel that way and you shouldn't apologize like you said. But I tend to do that. I understand that. I mean, I, I obviously see my side of the equation and I can totally un- understand yours. So I get it. I yeah. Get it. All right. Uh, the next one here, not being available at all times. Stop <laughs> apologizing for not being available at all times. This obviously tickled your funny bone. Oh, listen, I am not going to apologize to my mom anymore <laughs> about not answering her text within a few minutes. She will blow my shit up with texts. With calls. What are you doing? Oh my God. Does something happen? I'm worried. Where are you at? You didn't text me. It's like, dude, you just sent that to me like three minutes ago. <laughs> I do. I did. Contrary to popular belief, I do not carry my phone with me everywhere I go. When I get to it, I'll see it and I'll reply. Right. You know, like when I get a minute. I'm usually pretty good at answering shit, like relatively quick or, or, you know, even answering my calls relatively quick. But I mean, Jesus, I do not apologize for that at all. That is, that is fucked up if you do, like you should not, because you got to have time for yourself. Yes, I I totally I totally agree with that. Now I was somebody for the longest time, you know, during my younger years when I didn't have nearly as much responsibilities and things of that nature. Where I was a go-to guy. Like if somebody needed something, like they could call me up. I dropped what I was doing. I was there. Right. I, I mean, I could have opened up my own fucking moving company for as many times as I've helped various people move in and out of houses, apartments, and things of this nature. Um, you know, once I got older and, you know, kids started to come into play and an actual career came into play, and aside from MWO at that time, like, I found myself with little to no extra time. And, you know, the ones that depended on you, I, in a lot of cases, and this is why I don't feel as bad about it, because I, I've come to realize that in some cases it was more or less just taking advantage of the, of the situation. Whereas, you know, there's I have good friends of mine who, you know, call me up, man, let's let's get together. Let's go do something let, like I would love to. You right. know what I mean? Like, I don't remember the last time, like I went out with a group of, of my guy friends 
went and had dinner and drinks and watched the game or had a sports bar. I bet you it's been over, well, 15 years. Yeah. You know, like that shit does not happen. And it is what it is. But you time for that shit, though. Like, you need to make that shit happen because that shit's important. It is. But I've, and, and this is, this is the other part of that is I have become, <laughs> I don't know, I can't think of the right word without it sounding completely assholeish because it's not meant to be assholeish. Um, but like, this is, this is how I've molded my life. You okay. know what I mean? Like everything that, I, I have going right now, like MWO is in the rear view. I've got this now. Right. Um, this by and large is a lot less time, you know, constricting, I guess, because, you know, you know, running a show was literally an all day thing, you know, Uh, from sun up to sundown. That's just an all day thing. Okay. Because I (laughs) mean. We would have meetings at your house and just go over there. And it was like day after day after day. And you're like trying to write the card, trying to write the best card, figuring out, you know, people would call and cancel and say, I I can't do that. And then, you know, you're figuring out like the venue and the chairs and, you know, all this shit. It's not just a one day thing. Like by the time you were done with one show it was like okay the very next day maybe you'd take a breather or something and you know like put put away some shit after hauling your stuff back but then it was like the day after that <coughs> you were right back at it trying to figure out the next show and then you'd have everyone call you oh my god this was so great here's my idea for this oh my god. here's this is maybe this is what we could do like for the next one and then while you're doing that also you also have to factor in like the festivals and stuff that you're trying to get on promoting your company um keeping in touch with other people trying to plan out the banquet i mean like it's a struggle it's it's kind of like derby it's like once you're done with a game you're fucking still it's like it's non-stop and that's that's what your company was it was like literally something to do you know and back then like you were single you dated around you know a little bit here and there but i i think that what you lacked was really when you were single really taking the time for yourself and even you know even when you when you got married um you know taking some time away from your spouse i know that sounds bad but it's it's not me and tim have this thing where it's like it it doesn't happen like very often i mean right now it kind of does only because um like the the golf season is so short but Tim will like go golfing with just a couple of his buddies or, or even just one buddy. And it's like, I don't know, one, once a month or something, you know, he'll, he'll do that. It, like I said, lately, it's been kind of like a little bit excessive, but, um, 
it's it's only because like Chase has golf too. So now like Chase got in the sport. So he's trying to, you know, get Chase some extra practice time. He got a couple of new clubs this season. So he's, you know, trying to practice for that. And like we go around and we do golf together because I, I golf as well, which is bizarre. Like, you know, you'd never picture. I would have never imagined. No. Yes. Uh, I, I do. I, I golf and I actually I golf pretty well. Um, not, not as good as Tim, but, um, it's just one of those things that you have to do. Like you have to make some time for yourself, even when you're a parent, even when you're with somebody, you know, like you have to get away and just do that kind of shit for yourself. And I'll do the same. Like I will schedule something with, you know, Margaret or with my mom and we'll just go, go do something, you know, just to get out, get away, you know, for a couple hours or whatever. It's, it's so important. It's so fucking important. Like just the time for yourself. And that's something that I feel like you just never, you never did for yourself because you were too busy doing for other people. I, uh, well, for one, I appreciate you saying that, but as you were laying out that, you know, the first part of that, you know, you you really ran through a typical day of MW operations. And I mean, to the highest realm of accuracy, because, you know, you were you were there, you were part of the inner workings at one point. And it, I mean, full disclosure, like you were living in another building on the other side of the apartment complex from where I was at. So, I mean, it was very convenient. Right. Right. Um, but you're one of the few that saw the behind the scenes other than because there's two layers to the behind the scenes thing. It's what like the roster sees in the venue on show days, setting everything up and everything that goes on backstage and all that. But they're not privy to what goes on on the on the second level of behind the scenes. And that's the very inner workings of the business itself, much of what you had laid out. You know, right. And, uh, you know, what's cool that you, you brought that to light from your perspective because you, you saw that unfold. Well, that was, that was kind of cool. Okay. Yeah, I noticed that shit. <laughs> yeah. True story. Um, this one could get a little bit deep. Um, if you want to skip this one and if we have time at the end, we'll come back to it. Um, One of the things to stop apologizing for are your feelings. The other one is vocalizing your needs. Do you just want, do you want to go to that one first? Yeah. Yeah. I just felt this sense of heaviness. I know. <laughs> I did too. When, when I, I mean, reading it is one thing, actually verbalizing it and then hearing it, especially as I'm wearing a headset, like it like echoes in, in my ears. I'm like, man, I don't know if now's the time. <laughs> I know. Feelings. Um, but vocalizing your needs, a lot of people apologize for vocalizing their needs. Um, 
you and I, <laughs> you know, we are pretty vocal people. Um, yeah. I think I am much more calculated in my approach than most everybody else to the point to where people think I am uninvested in what in whatever is happening. That is not the case. What's happening is I'm processing everything and in my mind I'm coming up with a pretty good promo I'm fixing to cut on somebody. Um now not only that, but it doesn't always have to be a confrontational thing. Like if you're not if you're not hitting something in terms of if you don't feel like you're getting the kind of support at work that you feel like that you should in order to do your job to the best of your ability then you have every right to vocalize that need, much like we we talked about in the asking questions part here. But it also goes hand in hand on the personal level too, because if you're not getting something that you feel like you should or something's missing or not as prevalent or something, again, this is where those lines of communication come into play. And I mean, you have to vocalize whatever the issue is, what whatever your need is, especially if you feel like it's not being met, so that you you can come to some sort of of a solution, so it doesn't manifest and become, you know, a huge thing, a lot of tension and all that on anxiety. You you know what what I'm saying there? Yeah, like see now that you like put it that way it's like yeah okay so vocalizing your needs and it kind of goes with like the whole vocalizing your feelings because your your needs kind of go hand in hand with your feelings and it can be applied to just about everything um you know like in your personal life in your in your work life in your relationships and Oh my God. It's another one that's kind of like, I mean, I, I don't think you should ever apologize for, for having the courage to, to vocalize your needs. Like, because a a lot of people don't, they just there and then they kind of live in that emptiness depending on the situation. And it's like, you know, it, I don't know. It's, it's not like, it's not like saying, oh, my God, I need that water. Could you please just go get it? I'm so sorry. You know what I mean? Like, this just goes way deeper, you know, because it, it's because of your feelings that you're vocalizing what you need, what, what you need in life, what you need in a relationship, what you need to succeed, you know, what you need to go on. I mean, there's there's so many layers to that and I'm just ugh you you should you should never apologize for that because it ta- it takes a lot just to even say it you know and a oh. lot of people don't uh, yeah I noticed um oh man you just came right back at the end there and put put a, another sidebar to it it not being noticed uh, but I know why people tend not to vocalize their needs because in a lot of cases 
And it doesn't necessarily have to be in the situation or the relationship that they're currently in. It could have been something that happened previously, but it left such a damning scar on their soul. Like that's a huge thing to overcome. They're nervous. They're scared to vocalize their, their feelings or their needs in this particular case, because in a lot of cases, they tried that before, and it didn't go well. Right. I, it either emotionally, psychologically. I mean, worst case, physically. Um, so people at that point go into defense mode, and they just they feel like it's life would be a lot less resistant if they just went with the flow. I did that. So I know um, to the point to where in a lot of aspects, and I realize that this is a fault of my own, but I, a good portion of my inner workings was on lockdown. Yeah. Like you ain't getting in. Like I am giving, I mean, all depending on who you are and what you are in my life, you're getting various levels of it but you ain't getting it all because the last time i had that happen like it it fucked me up to the point to where i felt it was necessary to put everything on lockdown as as a defense mode yeah i will never let anybody hurt me like that ever again um and it would take something pretty significant or somebody pretty significant to drop them walls. But it's a process, man, because as you start dropping them, something happens and it's no fault. It's not like it was a malicious thing. It yeah. just happened to trigger something. <clears throat> that wall went up another level, right. not all the way up to the top, but like you're like, oh, fuck this. You know, then you get to a point to where you're almost all the way down and then something happens and you're right back up like three quarters of the way. And you're like, what the fuck? Yeah, you know, it's it is a mindset, though, because if you get into mindset because at this point. I I have a fucking huge I, I, I have a chip on my shoulder. I have a chip on my shoulder to, towards life and I'm and I really try not to focus so much on that what that feeling could be I focus more on what it should be and that's why I I tend to look at everything as optimistically as I possibly can right but I mean I totally get this but I can also tell you that there will never again be a time where I apologize for jack fucking shit in terms of expressing my feelings, asking questions, relaying my needs, whatever the case, I will never fucking apologize for that ever again. I can promise you that. Right. Well, and anyone that's asking for you to apologize for for expressing your needs, I, like that that's just fucked up because a lot of people don't and then they just walk around like everything's okay on the outside, you know, but you're not, you're not okay in the, even in the slightest bit on the inside. And like that fucks with you. And so you're kind of like a zombie just walking around and, and why, because, you know, now 
now you're afraid to, to express what you truly need. And, and in some, in some cases, people get confused on what they need, you know, like, oh my God, well, I, I obviously I have to apologize for this. So there must be something wrong with it. Is there something wrong with me? Am I, am I even being realistic? Do I really even need this? Is this what I want? And like that shit just goes in your head in circles and circles and circles. And then you lose yourself. You lose yourself, all that you are, everything you were and everything you want to be. And you become so confused. And it, it's, it's, it's hard to come back from that. It, it, it's extremely hard to come back from that and, and realize, no, this is who I am. This is what I need. And I, I'm, I'm done fucking apologizing for it. And you shouldn't. No one should ever apologize for what they need. Everyone's different, you know? Like, there's no cookie-cutter bullshit to that, you know? Like, not every one person needs the same thing, you know? It's, it's fucked up. And it, it doesn't necessarily have to do with, like, another person you know, per, per se, or, or a spouse, but you're absolutely right. It could have been, you know, something that happened to them a long time ago. I mean, shit, like, oh, I don't want to get like so fucking deep into this, but I'm just gonna. So the best way that I can describe this on like an opposite side, that's like not something that I need from like, like a, a, a need. Um, okay. So fuck. So, you know, I was like tormented about my weight and it was like this big thing. And, you know, like even some family members, you know, said some shit and it was like always, always in my head, you know, like I'm a bigger girl and I'm, I'm fat. So I'm like, that's just the way that I am. That's just the way that I, I'm going to be. And, and I, I, oh my God, I had this fucking asshole-ish boyfriend that I had dated for a long time and he would like you need to go to the gym and you know you need to do all this shit and like you need to work out you need to go on a diet you need like shit that kills you and of course this is like the first like love love so you know you you, you take everything to heart next thing you know all that shit, even, even when it's gone, like even when you break up and, and you try to move on, like you're still having that stuff and you're not vocalizing anything that you need to kind of come back from that and gain, gain your confidence. And, and next thing you know, you're going through like, you're going through an entire marriage without taking your, your top off when you get intimate with somebody. Like, that's how fucking deep it goes. Like, you can't even be comfortable with your partner because you're so fucking scared that they're going to say something to you. And, like, it's, it's, it's fucked up. It's really, really fucked up. And it, it's, you know, it, it doesn't even have to be related to the person you're, you're needing something. It's just what you need inside. Like, so in order to, you know, vocalize that you kind of have to like, you have to deal with it and, and, and you have, 
you have to just have the fucking courage to say, oh my God, okay, so this happened. I would really fucking like it if you would do this because that would help me out because of this, you know, like because of this trauma. And it, it gets, someone asked you to apologize for that. Shouldn't be with them. You know, like you, you shouldn't, you shouldn't have any type of relationship, whether it be friend, friendship, relationship, whatever. You shouldn't even talk to that fucking person if they're asking you to apologize for, for having the courage to figure out what it is you need, you know, and, and vocalizing that to whoever. I mean, there's, there's so many scenarios that this could play out with, but you should never fucking have to apologize for anything like that. And that is all. <laughs> I didn't realize that one was going. I I think that one triggered more in you than than the feelings one would. But mm, yeah, that's what it's all about. All right. It is. Thing. Another thing to stop apologizing for out outgrowing a place or a situation. Outgrowing. Outgrowing. Outgrowing a place or a situation. Now, here's how I interpret it. Please. On the place. Um, or on both, actually. Well, I mean, as far as a place goes, I, like the first thing that popped in my mind when I read that was very much a professional setting. You're at one job. You have trained and trained and trained, and you have now virtually like there's there's you cannot advance your career anymore in your current place of employment or building or situation and you have to seek something elsewhere that's going to continue to challenge you to continue to improve and to become more than what you are you know that's how i took that how could you apologize for that because here's the thing we talked about this on one of the very early episodes of of the show here you get chummy chummy with with your friends and with your co-workers and in some cases your bosses and stuff like that and when you're leaving they're realizing what a huge void that's going to be on a couple different levels they're mm. going to make you feel bad like their sadness is going to make you feel bad if you have feelings one way or the other for them you know what i mean and yeah. And as and it's not necessarily that it's going to alter or change our course of action as to whether or not we're going to accept a new offer that we feel is going to be in our best interest personally. Um, is it's almost like, you know, you know, they feel bad. So we feel like we have to apologize for that because in, you know, it's our actions that's causing all this, but. You know, I'm sorry you feel the way that you do. I'm sorry that you're sad. I'm sad too. I'm going to miss you guys. We've had a lot of good times together. Things that I will talk about for the rest of my life. Uh, but we're done here. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, I, I'm sorry you feel the way you do, but this is something that I have to do. I can't, I can't stay here and doing what I'm doing when I know I'm worth and meant for so much more. Yeah, I, I guess I never even viewed it like that, but you're right. I, mean, I can totally see that shit. Because, I mean, that's kind of 
that's kind of what happened in Derby. It was like I was done and people were like, no, you can't be done. You have to like continue. And it's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Right. You know, that's you exactly that. what I'm talking about. Yeah. I, I didn't even look at it like that. But yeah, you definitely you sh- shouldn't shouldn't apologize for that either. <laughs> like, that sucks, man. Yeah. I mean, I I feel I found, bad for all those people that feel like that they have to, you know. Oh, I do because I went through this in March. Well, since March, like I'm still dealing with it, and suspending operations of the MWO. Oh. Like when I made that announcement, like I knew in my mind this was the right thing for me to do for me to do. Uh because like we had talked about earlier, I had spent so much time and effort and energy and all of that yeah. worrying about everybody else. Even even in the last, you know, I would say three years, four years maybe, like I was really starting to feel the strain, the mental strain, the emotional strain, the physical strain, obviously, because you know, I was still hauling the shit, setting it up, breaking it down, wrestling as at least one, if not two, sometimes, you know, three different gimmicks. If I was doing the announcing thing as hell, um, it was, uh, but I had dedicated so much of my life to it and I had gained an amazing roster. We had an amazing fan base. Um, it's been well documented. You know, after everything happened with Jeff, all that shit changed. Yeah. And it just, I was not going to recover from it. I knew I wasn't going to recover from it. And I didn't want that to become a thing that I wholeheartedly dreaded. And that's where it was heading. And so when I did that, like, I I knew I was going to piss people off. I knew I was going to upset people and disappoint people roster members, fans, the crust, and my God, Amy, the, my shit blew up within seconds of me ending that live address. Tell me no one made you feel bad about that. Um, I did not regret my decision. But some of them got a little personal. And as I think about it, I... I, I could sit here and get really emotional about it because people and a lot of them would go to this is not what your brother would want. Oh no. Are you yeah. serious? Yeah. Shame on them. I would never fucking say that to somebody. Never. Fucking yeah. shame on them. What in the fuck? That's terrible. Who fucking says that to somebody? Are you kidding me? See, mm-hmm. <laughs> see this is the shit. I, I get so mad. They weren't even the ones that was doing it. Like, they're not even the ones that has to carry all that shit on their shoulders. You were. Period. Point blank. Yeah, sure. You had help. I, I, I get that. We all helped you, you know, but 
it doesn't fucking matter. You're still the one that has to carry all that shit. You're still the one that has to fucking lose money. You're still the one that has to make all the phone calls, make sure everything's fucking taken care of, gather up everyone that you fucking can, beg people to set up shit. I mean, I was there for all of it. And I'm sure the operation stayed almost exactly the same with the changes some venues. Like, how fucking dare they? <sighs> My blood pressure. My blood pressure. I'm so disgusted. After everything you did for them. Everything. They couldn't just say, you know what? I totally respect you, man. Like, right on. I support your decision. And I did get a lot of those. I'm sure you did. I know uh, I um, I was like, you know what? This is what you need. Next chapter. You were on a fucking merry-go-round. You had to get off that bitch. Okay? <laughs> like, seriously. It went on for so long. And I'm not even saying it. it went on for, like, longer than what it should have been. But, like, when the ride stops, the ride fucking stops. It's time to get off. You know, it, it's not time to see if we can fix the ride to, to make it go again. You know, if you're not in it, you're you're just not in it. I mean, Jesus, and to say some shit like that. So, so what? So what? They can put on some fucking spandex and pretend they're the greatest thing since fucking sliced bread? Ugh! Ugh! I get so mad. That's so fucked up. It's so fucked up. You don't say that to people. Whoever said that, if you're listening, fuck you. Shame on you. Sorry, That's I got you so fired up about that. Oh my God. It's oh, you don't do that to people because you know what? I mean, that person obviously doesn't fucking know Jeff. Because if you were to say that when Jeff was still here. You know damn well he would have been like, okay, so let's do it. Let's close it. Right. Like, he would have fucking supported you. So fuck that person. They don't even know Jeff. Fuck them. Or or people. I don't know how many fucking people. No, said there, there was several. There, there were several. It was, you know, I am, I. this is not what he would want. I am letting oh, down his legacy. I am. His legacy. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's no, it's no, um, no secret why, why this entire podcast network is called the Pure Fury Creations Podcast Network. Yeah. Like he was going to be incorporated in my life in some way, shape or form. And he was very much supportive of my doing shit like this. Absolutely. So there's that. Um, all right. Jesus. Let's let's move on. Let's bring your blood pressure. I am so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I should apologize for. I am so sorry. I I've said the same thing. Like I I've gotten those, you know, eight, nine, ten minute long voice messages on Messenger and like I, I'll listen to them, and then I'll let Brittany listen to them, and like it gets her fired up too, and you know, and she wasn't around when Jeff was here, right? You know, she didn't meet him or anything like that, but she knows 
what he is to me and what he was to the company. And, you know, she has a pretty good grasp as to who and what he was without having been able to meet him. Yeah. Um, sure. yeah, gets, for anything that you did. Yeah. And anything. Yep. And if he didn't, we, we at least talked about it and he came to the understanding why, but. Yeah. I'm like, know. He would have said, well, you know, there's this, you could look at it this way, or you could look at it this way, but whatever, whatever the decision, I support you. Like, that's Jeff. Right. You know, not, oh, what are you doing? Like, like he's smiting you from heaven, you know, like, get fucking real. (laughs) Smiting. I always love that word. (laughs) I love that word, too. Okay. Another thing to stop apologizing for your accomplishments. That's a good one. That's a good one. Because yeah. I, I know people apologize for your, your your accomplishments. And why? So let me ask you this. Okay, so one of the reasons why people um, apologize for their accomplishments is um, because... The people that they're relaying their accomplishments to, it can be taken as if they are like bragging, but really the person is just proud of their accomplishments. And why is it that people think when we talk about what we accomplish that we're bragging? You know, I mean, I I get like maybe the way that you say it, but but more oftentimes than not, especially in today's fucking day and age, you know, people take it as like you're you're just bragging or, you know, you're you're being rude or you're rubbing it into people's faces when when in reality, they're just fucking butthurt because they they didn't accomplish it. Like, I, I, got, I, can't, I can't even fucking speak. I'm still so mad. <laughs> oh. You know, they're just upset because they didn't accomplish it. So they're they're jealous. They're they're jealous. I think the thing that that gets me with this is. Oftentimes, it's not the person who accomplished the shit that brings it up in conversation. They're asked about something that leads to that. And as they are expanding on the answer. And again, this could also be how it's presented. Are you coming off as some sort of egotistical prick? And then I can understand where there's, you know, some sort sort of friction. But, you know, if you're made to feel bad because you're expanding, because you are explaining what you did or how you did or that you achieved some sort of, of, of success, that's absolutely nothing to apologize for because... Yeah. You've put in the hard work. You've put in the effort. You've put in all this. And I guess now that I sit here and think about it a little bit deeper, there should be never a scenario where you apologize for your accomplishments. I mean, be humble about it. Don't don't be that prick that, you know, you feel like they need to roll out the red carpet and rose petals for you to walk on. Right. Something like, something like that. But, you know, if you should never apologize for I mean, that's what you work for. That's what that's what you do, what you do for. And you have every right to be proud of that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, there's 
there's a fine line, but you know, as long as you stay on there, on this side of it, you're you're golden. There is. There's. I wouldn't even say it's like a very fine line. It's it's just there's a fine line, and I have found in conversation. So, I am an empath. So, like, when someone's feeling down, I kind of get that vibe, and I'm like, oh, my God, you know, and, like, I kind of feel down, too. And then what I will try to do is, I mean, now, not when someone's feeling down or whatever. That was just, you know, towards the empath thing. But if someone's, like, super happy and, like, accomplished or or even if they're if they're just having a conversation with me, like, what I will do so that they know, like, that I can relate to them is, like, if they say, oh, my God, I just did this and it feels amazing. Like, you don't even know. I'll be like, oh, my God, I did that once, too. It's so cool. Like, how how good does it feel? You know, like, so you're you're just trying to relate to them and to their story. And, you know, I'll usually be like, oh, my God, that's so amazing. Like, you know, like, I, I know exactly how that feels, you know, like, just having a conversation, trying to relate to them. And sometimes when people do that, it can be taken as, well, you're just fucking one-upping me. And it's like, mm, no, I'm not trying to one-up you. You know, it's it's not a scenario where it's like someone says, oh, I I broke two bones in my hand and then the other person says oh yeah well i broke three that's one upping you right like that's being an asshole about it but when someone's just trying to relate to you in conversation like you know and and telling you good things and you know wording it right because there is a line with that as well but you know as as long as you're kind of methodical in which Again, most of the time I am not methodical. <laughs> like you and me, we're, we're very vocal, but you are meticulous in what you say. Like you think about what you're going to say. I have diarrhea of the mouth and it just, it just comes out. And however it comes out is how it comes out, unfortunately. Like I just, you know, and I have tried to work on that. Like that is something that I've always just tried to be so mindful of. But then, like, once I get going and my anxiety gets going, it's like all bets are off. And it, it, I just start spewing all this shit out of my mouth. And then once I say it, I'm like, wait, nope, hold on. Like, strike that, reverse it. <laughs> kind of like a Willy Wonka thing. Right. Like, uh, that That's not what I meant. Like, this is what I meant, you know. And so depending on the kind of person you are and how you speak, you know, it's there's, there's a couple different takeaways, but you shouldn't, you shouldn't apologize for, for being accomplished. As long as you're, you're truly not trying to one up somebody or, you know, uh, make them fucking feel bad, you know, because they did something cool and you didn't at that time, or, you know, tell them that they're, you know, like just be jealous of, of them, you know? So you just act like an asshole and be like, really, you're just rubbing that in my face. And then that causes them to apologize for their accomplishments. And that's shitty too. Yeah. Like your true friends <laughs> will be like, oh my God, that's amazing. Great job. Not really, really like you, you're going to rub that shit in my face. Right. Like, 
no, that shit don't work like that. I don't apologize for my accomplishments. I don't even really, I don't even really talk about a lot of shit with people. Like, you'd think that I would, because I'm sitting here talking to you, and, you know, like, now that I'm more comfortable with a podcast, it's like, okay, some more things are coming out. But I usually, I don't, I don't usually tell people all these things. Like, I am not like what I used to be. Like, that, when I was in wrestling and before that, like, I'm not like that anymore. I, it's, uh, I get so weird, like, telling my personal business and, you know, like, saying my accomplishments and stuff like that. Although I, I won't apologize for them. And I won't not, like, tell my friends or anything or, you know, talk about it, like, with my dad or my mom, you know, stuff like that. It's just, I don't, I don't know. Like, I just don't seek out people to tell all the great shit I've done. Like, it's, this is not me, you know. I'm, ve- I'm very much more humbled than what I used to be. Very, very much. I was going to say that you have a level of humility about you in, in this at this stage in your life because you know that happens we 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 continue to grow you know we yeah. don't ever stop growing or maturing or or things of this nature by and large there's of course exceptions to the rule especially if you go i'm not even gonna go there um <laughs> could have been a derogatory remark and i don't want to i don't want to cause too much controversy um, a couple more here. Another thing to stop apologizing for is not looking pre- presentable. Oh, fuck that. <laughs> okay. Mm-mm. I do not apologize for the clothes or any, especially if you come over my house unannounced. I am like underneath a blanket with some sweatpants and a ratty shirt. I do not give no shits. I will sit in my house in my goddamn pajamas all fucking day, no makeup. I don't care. I don't apologize for that shit. You don't, you don't live in my house. You don't walk in my shoes. Like, I have pains. I am old, and I have went through some shit. Like, fuck you. <laughs> that is, uh, that's just ridiculous to apologize for that. And I don't ask like. I don't walk into someone else's house and be like, oh, my God, like, you're still in pajamas? No, I'd be like, oh, my God, I wish it was, I wish you would have told me that it was just comfy day. I would have fucking came in mind, you know, like. Okay, so I guess a scenario that popped in in my head is, let's say, let's say you're, you're dating somebody and, you know, it's somewhat serious or whatever. Not li- not living together, but you know, serious, right? Right. Um, let's say spur of the moment. There's been a change in plans, change in schedules, things of this nature. There is an unforeseen block of time that you guys could meet up and have dinner. You have not shaved in a couple of days, or you know, I'm talking about you know, like me, like I have not shaved in a couple Are of you- days. Or Brady don't need to shave her face in a couple <laughs> of days. <laughs> I'm just I'm a I'm, confused on who you were talking. Well, about. I I know, but listen, it's going to be one person to be like, is he insinuating that? No, no, no. And, I'm, and this doesn't. I mean, I'm just saying. You know, 
you have this unannounced impromptu block of time, but it has to happen right now. You don't have time to get all gussied up and look pretty and all that stuff to make it on time for this block of time because you guys really want to see each other. Then you're like, I'm sorry for the way that I look right now. I wasn't planning on this. That's kind of how I took this one. Hmm. Whereas you just don't give a fuck. You're like, hey, you called me at the last minute, Jack. This is what this is what you get, right? I mean, I can see the apology. Is it like a serious apology? No, 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 no. no. I wouldn't say it was one of those things that's going to make or break the relationship because if it is, you've already kind of told yourself where this is heading, and that's not right. generally a situation you want to be in for the long haul. Well, and I like. I mean, I I used to be one of those people where I wouldn't go out of the house without makeup and, you know, looking good or whatever. But, um, I just, I would almost prefer on an impromptu date just to have them, it it would almost be like sort of an attraction just to have them go, go as they are like, cause that's the real them. Right. Want to experience them in their highs and in their lows, you know, and even, even if they're not like all gussied up, that may be one of your highs, you know, like, because you may find them more attractive in, in that scenario than whether or not they got all dressed up for you. And at that, actually at that point, I'd be like, well, obviously I'm not dressed to like go out for a date. So let's order some Chinese, bring it back to the thing and, you know, watch a movie. Like that kind of thing, you know, like, I, I don't know, but I, I, I totally see that. Like, as long as it's not like a serious thing, like, oh my God, don't see me without my face on. Cause that, that's just crazy that you ain't going to be like that 24 seven. And if, if you think that this is a serious relationship, um, more than likely they're going to see you without fucking makeup on. At some point, right? So, there's that. <laughs> All right, last one here. Last thing to stop apologizing for is having boundaries. Having boundaries. See, that's a rough one. So, this could, this could kind of get serious. Because I didn't know for the longest time that, like, what boundaries were. And, and, and how to set them. It, it, I mean, it's only since towards the end of, of Derby, as you know, a couple, couple few years ago, just a couple, not a few. Um, when I stopped, that's when I learned about boundaries. And boundaries are so wonderful. And I really wish that I would have known about boundaries and how to set them properly in my early years. Because goddamn, does it make a difference? You know, boundaries, mm, you shouldn't apologize for them, but they're, they're so hard to make. They're so hard. To, and they're, they're hard to explain to the people that you're trying to make boundaries with. Because right. you say the word, we're making boundaries, because then the other fucking person is like, boundaries? What the fuck is that? You know, because they're not there yet. Like, they're not at your level. So... 
they're thinking, well, what, you know, like, what the fuck does that mean? Like, what did I do? What did this? And it, it's like, it, it's hard to explain to somebody. It's not necessarily what you did. It's what I'm doing so that I, I can protect myself, you know, like, cause I don't want things to get that way or to that level again. So I, I have to set my boundaries and, and these are what they are. And they automatically, usually more often than not think that it's like, a punishment and in some cases it can change whatever type of relationship you had with that person and in a lot of cases it just ends that relationship so yeah I mean I totally get it and it, you know that goes a lot with the scenario that I laid out earlier in the show and talked about the whole wall thing yeah um absolutely. That's exactly what I was thinking of when I was trying to explain that. Cause it's like, you're building that wall, you know, and, and, and you're like kind of setting boundaries in between. And like, once the boundary is crossed, your wall goes higher. But the thing is, is you got to communicate those boundaries and in order right. to do it properly, I mean, it's, it's super hard. How do you tell someone, listen, like, this is almost kind of the opposite. This is what I need you to stop doing or what I need to stop doing for like me. And, and I know that with some people, when you say like, this is for my own mental health, you know, like, and some people, those are like the, the weird words, like the, the taboo words. Oh, for your fucking mental health, eh? But the shit's real. Right. You know, like I had to set boundaries with the founder for my mental health. I could not, I, I cannot allow her to cross over those boundaries anymore because I, I, I cannot go back to that place. I cannot be where I was with her at all whatsoever it opens yourself up for that whole can of worms but the thing is is you got to communicate that or 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 don't and it just it, it just gets ruined and in that case i mean it, it kind of did i you know i didn't tell her what my boundaries were i just set them for myself but i didn't tell her about them and i mean she she crossed them but it's okay <laughs> because I still have those boundaries <laughs> and she ain't crossing them no more right? because you know? she's, she exited. And then that's, that is so perfectly fine with me because now I don't got to worry about that anymore. You know, I get it. Totally get it. And, uh, Boundaries are important. They are. And uh, don't ever apologize. Look, because here's the thing. If if there's something that you are feeling strong enough to where you even start considering having even to put boundaries in place, there's generally a reason for it. It's like something has triggered something deep inside you. You can't ignore that. Right. Because it's trying to tell you something for a reason. And if you do ignore that, by and large, uh, you find out 
or you, you come to that realization, damn, I wish I had listened to myself sooner and I wouldn't be in the predicament that I'm in right now. Um, so I have always maintained, man, you got to listen to your gut because if your gut feels strong enough about something and it causes some degree of any ill feelings in you, you've got to pay attention to that. Right. I mean, if, if for nothing else, just to investigate what the fuck is going on. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I get it wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly. And apologetically, because it's, it's for you. Right. It's for you. It all boils back down to we are entitled to our we are entitled to our own feelings, our own wants, our desires, our needs, things of this nature. And too many people live a big chunk, if not all of their lives, based on those of other people. They put that at the forefront. You know, you know, I guess that's kind of oxymoronic in a way because you, you sat here earlier and said, you need to take more time for yourself. You've got to have that. And, you know, I totally wholeheartedly agree with that. But at the same time, I don't, a lot of people need that time to get that breakaway. You know what I mean? Like for me, this is that breakaway. This is my pause from reality where I can come sit in the studio and, record podcasts or film shows for the YouTube like this. I guess this it would be the equivalent of my guy's night out. Right, thing. right. So yeah. I guess that's how I justify it. That's not to say that it wouldn't be cool to go have, have a beer with a bunch of buddies after work or something, but, you know, I, it's not a priority to me right now. No judgment. If, if this is the stuff that you need, if this is what your me time is, that's all you, you know, right. there ain't nothing wrong with that. And you ain't got to apologize for that shit neither. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Amy, let's go ahead and put a bow on this thing. Uh, this was, this was a good topic. This turned into be something pretty cool. Especially when we came in here, not really knowing what the fuck we were going to talk about, but no, I, I felt so pressured. <laughs> I got, I got you all fired up a couple times. Ugh. Blood pressure risen, face turned red. It was impressive. Oh man, I was so pissed. I still kind of am. Like, yeah. as soon as I get off here, I'm gonna go downstairs and be like, Tim, oh my god, <laughs> these motherfuckers. <laughs> you you can actually show this back to him. You know, go to that point in the show just so he can watch your your immediate. Your reaction. I thought you were going to fall out of the back of your chair. You rocked back so fucking hard and bad. Like, oh, wow! I was so mad. It is like one of the, it, again, again, with the people doing bad shit to good people or saying bad shit to good That, it kills me. Kills me. Just kills me. It, like I get so mad. <laughs> I can't stop myself. It's just a thing. <laughs> I, it's like kids. You hurt a kid, I will fuck you up. Like it, it's instant. It's like 
zero to 60 in, in, in two seconds, you know? Yeah. <gasps> I know. <laughs> well, listen, we appreciate everybody tuning in this week. If you have any questions, comments, feedback, show topic ideas, shout outs, anything of the like, we encourage it. Just send us uh, a DM or a comment on one of our posts over on our Facebook page. Just look for Real Podcast. Or uh, go to KlausToTheHeart.net where you will see the link to our email that will get delivered right to the show here. Amy and I will take a look at it, address it accordingly, either on the air or back through a private message, whatever is deemed more appropriate. But uh, be that as it may, Amy, do you have anything else you want to add before we get out of here this week? Um. Great. So with that, we'll... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm good. All right. Well, we will see see you next week right here on The Real Podcast on the PFC Podcast Network powered by Anchor.fm. Oxford, Michigan, he is coming to the Legacy Center. Join Jason Fox as he brings his one-man motivational live stage show to Oxford's Legacy Center. It happens on Friday night, September the 9th, beginning at 8 p.m. Tickets will be available at the door for $10 apiece, but this is a show intended for age 18 and over. Come be inspired. Come be motivated. Come see the host of the PFC Podcast Network. Come see Jason Faust live September the 9th, beginning at 8 p.m. from the Legacy Center in Oxford, Michigan, located at 925 South LaPierre Road, M24, across the street from Meyer. It's close to the heart live at the Legacy Center in Oxford, Michigan, September the 9th.